This is the Adventist City Ministries podcast. Welcome. My name is Andrew, and I'm here with my co-host, Jeff. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing well, Andrew. Thank you. You know, and I've, I've been having this cold, and it, uh, it makes my voice much deeper. And so I, sometimes I actually look forward to getting sick. Well, it's, it's, it's the one thing I can enjoy about it, because then I've got lots of extra bass in my voice. Yeah, I, I always kind of have a raspy voice myself. We're working on that. We're working on that. So today we're going to uh, pick up from where we left off. We, we, uh, last time we talked about the power of the gospel and how it has the power to uh, change lives. Now we're going to dive back into Romans and talk about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, we need to talk about each one of those elements of Christ so that we can see how they add to the the fullness of the salvation that God has brought to us. And so uh, we're going to take a look at uh, right some, in Romans chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, and we're going to pull some of the things out of there that if you read it really quickly, you wouldn't probably see them. You know, you just, you got to read it carefully. We'll start with the birth, or, or right in Romans chapter 1, verse 2, uh, it says, uh, in verse three, I'm sorry. It says that concerning Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh. And so uh, we see there that Jesus um, came into being or was made of the seed of David. He came, he was born. That is to say, he became a human being. So this part of it just anticipates right off the bat anticipates two things. It anticipates that God became human and then that life proceeded from that point on. So the birth and the life are actually anticipated in this verse. I don't know, Andrew, what do you think about when you think about the birth of Jesus? What about the idea of everlasting, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God coming and um, becoming a baby in the womb of Mary. I often think of, because I, I like to think about science a little bit, I often think about how, how, how God became a single cell inside the womb of Mary, because that's how you know, birth happens. And that this being of incredible power and, and in the universe, decided to do that and the purpose behind it was for the re- your re- your redemption and my redemption it's such a it's such a, a humbling thought to think of god that way yeah when i think of christmas and a baby being born uh it makes me think of you know holiday memories and but just how god could take himself and and become a baby uh, it's kind of beyond me I, you know i grew up reading comic books and, and watching movies and, you know, I like sci-fi. So it always, that kind of thing intrigues me. It's something that is, it's not expected because somebody who has unlimited amounts of uh, ability is condensing itself into a person. It's awesome to think about in, in those terms of that infinite person, but then to actually become something that you can potentially understand, you know, reach out and touch, 
because everybody loves babies, you know, who doesn't love babies? But then to think about, well, those two things put together, you know, it's like they're, they're, it, it seems like they're almost working against each other, but it's how we're able to see God more clearly through that picture. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, thinking along those lines, it's like the ultimate superpower, the all-powerful God, the all-knowing God, you know, the omnipresent God, the eternal God. The, the Bible teaches that the, the Spirit of God, you know, came upon Mary and and this birth happened. Jesus was born where, you know, that divine person, that divine nature was uh, mixed with our fallen human nature. And it was, it was done so that we could be redeemed. It's, this is an incredible thing to think of the risk that God was doing. This was a teenager that this uh, happened to. And the setting wasn't great in terms of Joseph being the father, so to speak, in that time, there, it, would, it would have been a crime for a thing that, like that to happen. In fact, it was. And, and it, if it weren't for Joseph being a righteous man, Mary could have easily been stoned for what? Being pregnant before the marriage. Yeah, we have all the, the, these kind of nice uh, child-friendly pictures of, of Christmas, but really it was a, it was a difficult time uh, for the family and to uh, be traveling the way they were. And then you have this cruel king who, uh, this, this governor who wanted, you know, him dead. And, um, you know, we, we kind of leave some of those other parts off. Yeah, it was an incredibly dangerous time for this, this baby, but for that God was looking over the whole thing. But this was the beginning of the plan of redemption for you and me was that God, Jesus, would do that on our behalf, become a baby. So, uh, you know, that's just the the first step. Uh, um, The fact that he became a human being sort of qualifies him to be our representative. We'll talk about that more later when we talk about things like him becoming the second Adam. He also came in our humanity, which was spiritually dead, and made us spiritually alive in himself. And that's what we want to talk about as we get into the the truth of the gospel, is is that while while once we were dead in our humanity, Christ raises us up as we enter into him and his life. There's always somebody bringing up the controversy about the nature of Christ. Right. And, you know, what was he like? And at least we can say uh, he became a human being. We know this because he was born as a man. And I mean, that, so that's simple for me. You know, we see him as a man, so that means he was like us. Yeah, in fact, he did it for, he, he bore our corporate humanity, so to speak, for 33 years. It wasn't just a short period of time. And, and the Bible teaches that during that period of time that he uh, obeyed the positive demands of the law. In other words, he, he fulfilled the, the law of God that said, obey and live. And Christ did that on behalf of the human race in order to redeem. So he was born, but then he lived a life in this corporate shell that we call humanity. He was just like you and I in, in many ways. 
but he didn't sin. Uh, since uh, the human nature he assumed in, in that birth was our human nature that needed redeeming, um, his perfect obedience alone couldn't in and of itself atone for our sins. So something else had to happen. In other words, more than just coming and living a perfect life was called for. So he, even though he satisfied you know, the, law, the, the demands of the law, and that is, is that the wages of sin is death, and corporately humanity had, like humanity had sinned in Adam. Yeah, this is a, this is a complex thing. So yeah. when, we're, when we're talking about what Jesus did, so what, I think what, you, what I'm hearing you say is that Jesus could do everything perfectly, and it would have given, you know, he was more than willing to forgive us. You know, yes. God is, is more than willing to forgive us. But that forgiveness alone does not give us eternal life. It kind of like wipes our slate clean, but doesn't really lift us up any higher. Yeah, and the universal law is that the wages of sin is death, as we know we'll read later in Romans. And, and so that wage, even though Jesus lived a perfect life, that, that wasn't an answer to our corporate sin, to our sinful human nature. Uh, death had to occur after a perfect life. So Jesus met the demands of, of the law because he wasn't sinful, but then he went to the cross to bear the wages of our sin. Isaiah teaches us he was wounded for our transgressions. His resurrection or, or his death then was the next part of the gospel that brings us back into rightness with God, so to speak. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved the whole world, and in Jesus Christ, he set the tone for complete reconciliation to occur. Even though he didn't deserve the death that he died on Calvary. So it's pretty amazing, like, if you just walk through those things, that God became... He was born and became a human being. He had to be a human being so that he could live a human life subject to the law of the universe, the law of God. And he did that perfectly without sin. And then he paid the penalty as one who was a sinner, even though he never sinned. And so in his flesh and as a man, as a human being, he paid the penalty for something that wasn't his own, so to speak. We keep talking about the law here, and some people may be thinking, oh, you know, like Ten Commandments, but I think we can be even more general about it than that, that, you know, God created the universe to work in a specific way. Our original parents uh, violated that structure, and so Jesus came in into our humanity so he could actually live out the correct way to to utilize life you know the he came into our our form of existence so he could rectify where they had misstepped and so law is much much broader in the sense of uh, just the 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 positive sense in which the 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 way the universe uh, was made to operate exist and uh you know, there's terms like axioms, and so we're getting, we're starting to get really heady here, but we need, 
folks to be able to stay with us. Yeah. It's easy to get deep into this. I believe that we'll be studying this throughout the ages uh, and studying the intricacies and, and the depth of it. But you're right. We want to keep it simple. And that is, is that, that Jesus became a, a person just like you and I and, and substituted uh, because he had a perfect life, one without sin, and then died the, the death that um, sinners deserve to die and then was resurrected after that that that's the simple those are the simple facts of the good news because what god does is with that is he says now if you believe that if you believe that jesus did that uh, and that's exactly the word that paul uses if you believe it that holy history of jesus his birth his life his resurrection death and resurrection are now my history that means you know to me that means when god looks at me he doesn't see my history, my human sinfulness anymore. He sees his son because I believe that Jesus did that on my behalf. And that is just good news that I have nothing to do with. It's, it's all God's doing. It, the, the part that I have to do with maybe is that I believe that God did that. But even the Holy Spirit works in us so that we can actually move into belief. It's not something that we just come by naturally. Yeah, so when we talk about the that whole process that Jesus went through, it's believing all those things isn't isn't alone what we're what we're saying, but so we're we're saying that it's actually believing that we were included in that and that we have an ownership in that process. Yeah, because we can go through scripture and we can see how we're taught that, you know, we are crucified with Christ right? That uh, when Christ went to the cross, it was actually, I was there in him, right? So uh, on my name could be just as easily at the cross. In that uh, the life that I now live is one with Christ in me. So my life now is changed as well. So we, we've covered like the difference in uh, in Christ being crucified and his life, those two things change within us too. In fact, even being born again is something now that occurs to us as we are in Christ and we, we are raised up into newness of life in him. So all the acts of Christ become to become a reality in, in, in us as we move into belief. It's, it's not just something that we have this intellectual assent to, like saying yes to it. It's that something changes within us. And Paul and Paul talks about it like this in Romans chapter 5. He says that as you move by faith or belief, you believe and then faith comes to you. Um, as, as that begins to happen, he says that God, in chapter 5, he says God pours out his spirit of love into you. And so that, that spirit of love is the spirit of agape, unconditional love begins to be poured into you. And so you begin to change into a different kind of person. God's already beginning to transform who you are. And that's not an, a, uh, it's sort of a one-two thing. It's like, I believe that Jesus did this on my, ha my behalf. And immediately, immediately the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us. It's not like they're separate events. It happens simultaneously. 
And, and, and thus we could say, like, if my life isn't in an expression of Jesus Christ, or the, the love of God isn't in, within me, then it's probably true that I don't really have a clear grasp on the truth of the gospel and what he's done. Like we were saying in a previous episode, it is the life of Christ that we are given. It's, it's not just a quality of life, you know, a type of like generic brand. Oh, you get eternal life. Like it's this product you can advertise. No, it's not something you can, you can buy, but it, the eternal life that we obtain, it actually comes from Jesus. We, we are being, oh, it's, it's, it's being grafted into Jesus. He talks about being the vine. And so being a part of him means sharing the, the life, uh, the nutrition, the healing that comes from him. We are bonded. We are uh, brought into who Jesus is, and we're piggybacking off of his eternal life. Yeah, that's, it's a, and that's a wonderful thought because it's, this eternal life is not conditional. It's actually the life of God that's in God. And it's not like I have to go and eat a piece of fruit off the tree in order to have eternal life anymore. It's that God, that Jesus has shared his very life with me that is eternal in nature. And so it's even better uh, now under Christ and in Christ than it was before uh, when Adam and Eve, you know, were kind of had a conditional eternal life situation where as long as they ate of the tree, they remained alive. that Jesus does this for us, all of this on our behalf, and we could just give him honor and glory. And now let's try to bring it down and make it even more simple to understand. How would you start with that, Andrew? One of the things that I like to show to people to explain this whole concept is, you know, everybody's got a cell phone. The way that Adam and Eve obtained life was by being like a cell phone that you had to go back usually every night and you charge up and that's how you operate throughout the day, you know, with the expectation that you're going to have to, your, your phone starts to die and you have to go back to the, the outlet and you charge up again. But with Jesus, we, we won't need to do that. We, it's like, we'll have one of those uh, battery packs that'll be portable and we won't need to go to a, an outlet. We'll have like this infinite source within us. And even that is limited in the metaphor, but it's, that's something at least get us started to think about. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting that, oh, that we take things that we experience on a daily basis and we can see that, oh, that, that this is how it works with God too. So to sort of wrap this up or to kind of put it all together, First John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12 says this, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son, Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And what God has done through Jesus Christ is he's met all the demands of the law in human flesh, and it's substituted for us. It's, it's uh, as we accept what Jesus has done and believe in it, uh, we're cleansed from all our sin, and uh, we move into newness of life. You know, the human race was not only died in Christ or 
crucified with Christ, but we, we've been resurrected with Christ as a redeemed humanity in him and cleansed from all our sin. Yeah, I can't wait to get to Romans 5 to talk about all that, but first we have to go through some of the other chapters. Yeah, but this is the good news because uh, we're going to talk about this. This is also what we would call in a, a shorter reference, this is the, the righteousness of God. And uh, so we're going to spend some time talking about that righteousness. All right. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Visit AdventistCityMinistries.com for more resources, including a study guide, reference compilation, and free downloads of our book, The Ephesus Model. You can also listen to other presentations and episodes of this podcast. See the show notes for links and more information.